0: Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. This is Dan Spate.
1: He's one of our elders and here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, If you're listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, If this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, will take you to PayPal and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, We're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity, again, to sit down and study. We pray your blessings upon all of us as we, as we navigate this text. We pray for our audience, Father, that they will learn and grow and that Cole and I will be able to present these things in a way that they can understand. Father, we thank you for the power of the Word. We thank you for the power of your Son and the power of the Holy Spirit that, uh, that you have blessed us with and given to us as a down payment. Father, we thank you so much for everything you do for us bless us father today as we study and help us father to learn the things that we need to learn in jesus name we pray amen amen
1: all right so we're we're finally skipping some chapters today
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah. okay so numbers we decided by mutual consent
1: so numbers seven uh is 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 a lot of what you're seeing it's very repetitive but it's it's where the tribes come in and uh the leaders of the tribes come in and Assist, not assist, but join in the anointing of the altar and the tabernacle. Yeah, and so that's what's going on. And of course, God is ordering all of this. God is giving them the direction well, in
0: all. He's of getting them ready to leave. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they they're gonna there's gonna be a long journey involved. Anytime you go on a journey, you got preparations you got to make. I mean, we're going. You know, the, after when they see this, we've already done this, but we're going to the lake tomorrow. And uh, and there's got a lot. Of, man, I've been working on this for all week. Yeah making sure everything's bought, making sure we got everything, making sure we figured out how we're going to do this and this. There's preparations that have to be made. You know, no matter what you, y'all went to the lake. I mean, to down to the beach mm-hmm. and y'all made preparations. I'm sure for a week ahead of time, you were you were making preparations. You had all these kids. You got to get things packed and then you unpack and pack again. Well, that's what God's doing here, yeah. getting them ready to leave. And, uh, and part of it is, the big part of it is going to be that everything they do is going to revolve around their worship it's going to be it it revolves around God at least it's supposed to and so God is setting up the camp setting up the tabernacle setting up the how it's going to be taken care of because they don't know any of that they just built this thing they don't know what God wants and uh, and so they're going to get this ready to go and and then in chapter 10 they're going to leave
1: it's a big deal when God comes and dwells in the midst of this absolutely and so you're right the camp has to be ordered a certain way. And it's it's especially important for us to understand it. It's why we've harped on it so much because in the church, His Spirit is in us. Yeah, His Spirit is in me. His Spirit is in you. Mm-hmm. His Spirit's in Lee. His Spirit's in all of us. And as we come together, Peter would say, "We're each a stone being built up into this this beautiful this beautiful temple for God." So. Yes. Uh, see, the,
0: see, people in the world have this perspective that, that, that they drive by a building and it's got a sign out front that says such and such and such church, that that's a church. It's not a church. It's a building. It's brick right. and stone. Don't mean squat. It doesn't mean anything unless people are inside of it because the people are the church. That's right. And most people don't understand it. I never understood that. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I was I was a part of a denominational world, and and the and the church had a, a a distinct significance to us.
1: Well, it's and it's in in a lot of denominations, the area where, you know, I'm thinking like in Catholic in the Catholic denomination, they've got the area where the priests stand that they call holy ground mm-hmm. because they have a tabernacle Mm -hmm. and there's the bread and the wine in there. And that's literally the body and the blood of Christ. And, and look, I'm going to be quite frank. The problem, the whole problem with this, this analogy is, you know, let's set aside the literal body and blood for a second. Um, you've ripped off from the old Testament, all of this theology, which God says, this is a shadow. You know, this this was this was a copy. This wasn't the real thing. And what what they've done is they've recreated it. And so they they call this holy ground. And the, and the significance of that is,
0: they have you know, when you walk in, you know, when you walk into a Catholic church, you know, they've got holy water and you make sign of the cross because because that's the belief is that that's that the that actual body and blood of Jesus is up there, that that's actually where he's at. You know, which which uh, is Old Testament stuff, yes, but but it's not uh, it's not
1: well. That's and they and you can see where they got that from. Yeah, because that here in Leviticus, what we've seen. Well, before the priests come in, they have to they have to do a ceremonial washing, and they have to put new garments on. They have to do all those things, and that dipping your water in and making the sign of the cross and doing all that is the uh 21st century fast track and it's been around for a long time but it's the 21st century fast track to that yeah that's i mean that's where they ripped it off from mm-hmm. it's not that nowhere you don't find this done in the new testament anywhere no nowhere in the book of acts do you see no. the church do this and, and quite frankly nowhere in church history do you really start seeing this happen until about 300 yeah so yeah this was this was a later edition and i'm not saying it's good or bad so that's
0: that's one of the reasons that i that i left right because because I was starting to read the book for myself and 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 I couldn't line up what I was doing with what I was reading Tra- traditions
1: you know right. Jesus said it's not the things that we put into our body that defile us but the things that come up out yeah Me- meaning in, in intent matters right um, certain traditions are going to form we have traditions in the church of christ sure, we, absolutely. we have man made traditions in some places they're stronger than others but we have we have man made traditions stuff that you don't see in the book you know how you how you do this or how you do that and, and we've chosen to do things that and, way and people have fought and 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 alienated each other over them so yeah. i don't i don't think it's worth fighting over tradition i think what's important is why are you doing what you're doing and in the, well in the, one of
0: the, the, the text that got me was you know that you're teaching for doctrine the commandments of men and that and that really Yo, know, that was the text I'm looking at, and I said I can't get past well, it. Well,
1: and that's and that's the entire that's my entire point, right? So their traditions they bind on people much like the Pharisees bound all of these traditions on these poor widows. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? He looked at them and condemned them for it. So that's the problem. But it's not just Catholics who do that. Baptists do it. People in the Church of Christ do it. Everybody does it. You know, not everybody, but a lot of people do it, and we shouldn't. You know, if we can look at the book, you know, this is why I Mm -hmm. I always tell my Wednesday night class, you know, when you're looking at the book, God is very clear what sin is. Mm -hmm. He says it multiple times. There are lists in the New Testament that Paul wrote to the churches and said, look, if you behave this way, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul says, do this, 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 live this, pursue this, and you won't enter the kingdom of God. What we do is we come in and we add to those lists and call it sin. Shouldn't do that. No. When God says this is sin, that's sin. Its New Testament is clear. Lawlessness is sin. Doing something without faith is sin. Failing to do the good you ought to do is sin. Mm-hmm. Bible is very clear. That's sin. You live this way. You know, drunkenness, murdering, all those things. That's sin. You hate your brother or sister. That's sin. That's sin. These are all sins. In fact... What we often find in traditions is we're quicker to practice the work of the flesh in dissensions and factions than we are to practice forgiveness. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we've got to be really, really clear. You know, I don't have a problem. If somebody wanted, if someone wants to dip their fingers in holy water and make the sign of the cross, I don't, my question is, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. What's the intent behind it? And are you going to bind it on somebody else? Mm-hmm. Those are my two questions, because if, if your intent behind it is, well, I have to do this to enter in to the presence of Christ. No, you don't. You have a fundamental misunderstanding here, and I want you to embrace what Christ has given you freely, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're going to say, well, if I don't do this, I'm going to be subject to this, that, or other penalty. I want to help you understand, no, you don't, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, again, it all boils down to this. God cares. What we're seeing here in Numbers is God cares. God cares about his people. He wants to dwell in their midst. And there are certain obligations that that's going to incur. We've talked a lot about yeah. obedience. Mm-hmm. God's expectation is for the people to be obedient. In this time, mm-hmm. with this shadow, with this foreshadowing, this is what that obedience looked like. In the church, it looks different. Yeah, But he didn't leave us without recourse. He didn't leave us without being able to figure it out. It's very clear in the New Testament how he expects the church to live and function. And if you wanted to look at that, Lee, why don't you pull up Acts chapter 2, verse 42? Yeah. Let's Acts two, forty one and forty two. What was what was it that the church paid attention to? Let me jump over there real quick. What did they devote themselves? You there? P- yeah. All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And to prayer. Mm-hmm. That's what they devoted themselves to you know what does it mean to be the church that mm-hmm. this was the beginning of the church this was as, as pure a fountain as you were going to get from the source mm-hmm. this is what it looked like where's where's the tabernacle with the literal body and blood of christ where's that it's not in here where's the dipping of the water and the praying to mary you know where in the in the in the baptist well, traditions I mean, what they do is they call it uh they call it the sanctuary mm-hmm. and they tell people to come to the altar. The stage the dude is standing on, the pastor is standing on, a preaching. The they altar, call it the altar. It. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind? Yeah, yeah. You know why are you doing what you're doing? I think this it's a question that we've they got also to call,
0: ask. They also call their preachers pastors, which is which is a is a complete misrepresentation of the word.
1: Well, I I would I would say that the way they use pastor and the way their pastors behave is less like a pastor ought. It's not right for a spiritual shepherd of the flock to pick up and leave his, his flock every three years. Well,
0: that's not right. You know, when, when you, when you call every guy that stands on a pulpit, a pastor, that is a misrepresentation of the word. I, I, that is not likely. what the word means. It's yeah. not the way it was used in the new Testament at all. That's the way we've used yeah. it. You know, that's the way certain denominational worlds have used it. You know, in this, in this instance, God is setting them up. He said, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do. That's right. You need to do it this way for a reason. He doesn't have to explain the reason. He just does it. Said, so "You do this or else." They already found out what Nadab and Abihu. If you don't, if the, what the or else is, they will find out here shortly what the or else is going to mean for. for yeah. Th- Three thousand of them died at the hands of these Levites. That's why they're getting. That's why well, they're getting special again, treatment. It's not just what you do; it's why you're doing it. Mm-hmm.
1: Nadab and Abihu entered into the presence of God mm-hmm. drunk. Yeah. Right there was a There was a severe problem here. Yeah. They broke the covenant. Why? Because they don't trust God. Yeah. Right? And so we're going to see this over and over again. It's not just that they're doing the wrong thing. They're using the wrong, they have the wrong motive behind it as yep. well. And both of those things are going to come again. If you have the wrong motive, you're never going to do the right thing. Yeah. Let's just be, let's be really clear. Yep. You're always going to be mm-hmm. messing up. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's going on here in chapter seven. And in chapter eight, they're getting the tabernacle ready. They're setting apart the Levites. They're anointing yep. the altar. They're doing mm-hmm. all those things. Mm-hmm. But we're going to pick it up in nine because something really interesting happens in chapter nine. And that we want to talk about. We've talked about it a little bit before.
0: Well, we, we, we dealt with it in the book of, Le, book of Leviticus. We did. He set up this Passover as an annual reminder of what he did in, in Exodus. What he did before they came out. The last plague right. was the death of the firstborn. And he's
1: made it really clear. He said, this is who can take of it. This is who can't take of it. This is when you can take of it. And this mm-hmm. is when you can't take and of it. And just
0: a reminder, this is extremely important to us. Because Jesus was our Passover lamb. That's right. Jesus was the fulfillment of this whole event. He was the fulfillment of it. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he became that Passover lamb that not only, not only blotted out sin, took away sin, made, yeah. they made removal of sin possible, made purification possible, made justification and sanctification possible only through Jesus. And that's, he was that Passover. Lamb. So when when time you see this, guys, and you're looking at the Passover, understand what's coming. What's coming years later, what's coming right. is Jesus hanging on a cross. You know, that's what's coming. So let's get into it. This is okay. uh,
1: Numbers 9, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses in the desert of Sinai in the first month of the second year after they'd come out of Egypt. So you have a timestamp there. Mm-hmm. We're still at the foot of Sinai. Mm-hmm. They've been here for two years, right? Yep. The first uh-huh. month of the second year. So they've been here a year, mm-hmm. and this is, the, this is going on the second year. So they've been there 13 months, right? Yep. So after they came out of Egypt, he said, Have the Israelites celebrate the Passover at the appointed time. So it's Passover time is coming. Celebrate it at the appointed time at twilight on the 14th day of this month in accordance...
0: Yeah, it was the 14th of the first month. Yeah. Right? Okay.
1: Celebrate it. Look at what he says here. At the appointed time at twilight on the 14th day of the month in accordance with all its rules and regulations. i done told you how to do this already. Mm -hmm. Now do it. That's Mm -hmm. what God's saying. Yeah. Okay. So Moses told the Israelites to celebrate the Passover and they did so in the desert of Sinai at the twilight at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses. It's very important, but some of them could not celebrate the Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean. Now, what does that mean if they don't celebrate the Passover?
0: Well, to God, it was extremely important for them to do this, right? You know, for You know, it it means you know they uh, uh, they're not going to be involved with what the rest of the rest the flock's doing.
1: Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I recall,
0: if you don't celebrate the Passover, you're cut off from yeah. You have to be cut off. You're cut out. Yeah, you cut off. You're yeah. You're you're shot. Yeah. Okay. So some of them could not celebrate because God makes it very easy for them to do this. All the cleansing things, everything that needs to be done. If they do that, God's going to accept their their worship. This is part of their worship. That's right. Okay.
1: It actually. So a lot of people think, and I, as you comment talking about their worship, the Israelites worshipped. The structured worship of the Israelites was three times a year at these feasts. Mm-hmm. That's when they came to the temple, mm-hmm. and they all together mm-hmm. worshipped. Yeah. They didn't. They worshipped on the Sabbath, but it wasn't like what we're no. what we're doing now. What. What the Sabbath was, was supposed to be a day of rest. Yeah. It's not about
0: worship per se. It's about well, rest. For, if you understand what worship is, yeah. worship is not an event. Okay. We made it into an event. There you go. Yes. And, and some places make it more, more uh, of an event than other places. It's supposed yeah. to be your life and that's what the word actually Jesus uses the word for worship two different words in a text i think in Matthew chapter 4 and he said when he's when he's dealing with Satan in the in the in the wilderness and he's hungry and he says he says uh, you're supposed to worship the Lord your God and serve him only both those words are worship yeah. one of them means one thing one of them means something else that's right. jesus said you're supposed to worship ceremonially and you're supposed to worship on a regular daily basis that's served. Yeah, you know, that attitude of service. So I,
1: I think the two words there are uh, proskineo and latreo. Mm-hmm. and so they're Greek words, and and, the, and the they point, mean one of them means a, one of them means to bow down. Yeah, one of them the means, only yes. time you see that word in the New Testament being used by the church, the only time you see it is not on Sunday. The only time you see it is in the presence of the resurrected and glorified. But what
0: where, where the translators translated it worship. You don't get the same intensity of it when you translate it worship. Okay, it's, it it now it means to prostrate means now to I now. can do anything I want because it's well this is worship. You know I can I can have a bunch of of, of uh, you know uh, scantily clad girls up on stage during whatever you know and jumping around and singing a Jesus song and say well that's worship. No. But but that's what the, when we that's what we've done. Yeah, we've made so we've taken we've taken the meaning out of it and made it an event. And and I tell people all the time. I used to tell my boys when we when we eat our meal on Saturday, you know, in the evening we always ate together, and uh, and I, and we would pray. And I'd say, and I'd always pray every every Saturday, Father, get us ready to worship you in the morning. Get us ready to serve you in the morning. You know, and I'd always tell the guys, said, guys, th- th- we're not going to church. We're going to worship. We're going yeah. to stand before God and honor and glorify him. I said, we're, th- that's not the church. We're the church. We're not going to church. We're church. going to worship. And, and, you know, the mindset of, of people, when you start telling them, it's that, what are you talking about? You know, the church is down there. You know, well, when we were talking about Catholicism, I used to worship right down here, and I'd make the sign of the cross when I drive by. When I drive by the building, I made the sign of the cross because that's what you're supposed to do because that place is holy. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. We turn this into an event, so we have to make the place holy that we're going to have the event in, so it's special and God accepts it from and our that, perspective.
1: And that goes all the way back. that's, oh. that's that goes all. That's that's exactly how mary ended up becoming Absolute, deified and absolutely, worshiped absolutely because essentially what they said was well if jesus was perfect he they she can't he came from mary so she's got she's to be, gotta perfect. be perfect too mm-hmm. she's got to be holy and the ridiculousness of this statement it's like well so how far back i mean mary was flesh and blood too so how did she become perfect and that's that's essentially the debate and that that happened very early yeah. in the church, three yeah. four hundred A.D. Yeah, Th- those were the debates that mm-hmm. were going on. And what it really is is a debate about Greek philosophy, mm-hmm. because in Greek philosophy, the flesh, the physical, uh, physical manifestations, all these things are evil and wicked and Gnosticism. sinful. And it
0: was it was called, it was it's one at some point there, there was a, a term called Gnosticism, and it was a it was an idea of well, the Greeks that yeah. that the the smarter I got, the closer I got to heaven.
1: So this this Greek philosophy influenced that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and so it, the reason that all these things happened mm-hmm. is, be, is because very early on in the church they brought things that weren't Christian into yeah. the church
0: because people who weren't Christian were becoming Christian and bringing them into the church. And, and we and and they turned worship into an event. That's right. Instead of making it what God wanted it to be, you know that like I said, you know that they didn't they didn't worship like that on Saturday. They there was a day of rest. That's right. Their worship was every single day. Now, when the
1: temple was destroyed, that's when you had the synagogues start coming into play. That's when there was more emphasis placed on the Sabbath because the temple had been
0: destroyed. And they started started making it into an event. That's right. Yeah. But Jesus didn't condemn it. No, no. He didn't condemn it. You know, he went to the synagogues. He went he and prayed with them. He went, and and some of the most powerful things that happened in the Gospels is when happened Jesus said, this this uh, scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What? They, they lost their minds. Yep, They lost their minds because he's saying, he's talking about me. That's right. You know, but he used their event when they were when they were selling animals and stuff and making money, he went in there. What did he do? Took a whip and a chair and cleaned house, man. Well, I mean, and because they turned worship into an event. Even
1: in the Old Testament, you know that they were cheating God with their sacrifices and cheating God with their gifts. And you know Amos would say, "All of your sacrifices and all this stuff are disgusting. I spit them out of vomiting well, out from my mouth because the heart wasn't there."
0: You know, it scares me because. Because we it so easily could turn worship into an event.
1: Well, when we turn it in, when we turn it, when we turn worship to be about us, hmm. that's the problem. It's it comes back to the intent and the heart. Well, where, 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 what is it that we want? Do we want to be entertained? Is that what we're well, looking
0: for? Thank yeah, you. You said that because there was a point in time here that there was a, a push that we need to entertain them. And, and that, and, and that was told to me. We need to entertain them. And I said, wait a minute. Worship's not about entertainment. Yeah, no. That, that opens up a whole can of worms.
1: Everything we do in the assembly on Sunday is about glorifying God. Absolutely. When you live your life in such a way. Whether it be here in the assembly on Sunday morning or Monday through but Saturday, Cole,
0: you know yourself. People have an an, an idea of what that must supposed to well, look, look,
1: look like. Dan, we've got ideas about lots of things, but that's why when you show up on Sunday, we're going to be preaching. and We're going to be preaching and teaching out of the book mm. because you know what? I don't really care what your idea is. I but, really but don't. You,
0: but you understand that most people in the world, most and and sometimes people, you know that that it has to be reverent. We have to have a reverent work, Well, and we turn it.
1: That's and, a cultural thing. That but, really is a cultural thing, man. I mean, you go look. You go to Africa, and you go sit down in a, in a, in a Church of Christ in Africa, and you see how they worship. It's a different ball game. Yeah, it's different. It ain't, Hey, you ain't going to be done in an hour. Yeah, you ain't going to be done. You ain't going to be done for five hours. Yeah, six hours, seven hours. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. It's in in our culture. We have turned it in. It, and it's in our culture. Understand, our culture, especially in the United States, is a byproduct of a lot of the culture that came over from from Europe. And so we we've turned worship into this very reverent thing.
0: No, no, we turned it into rigor mortis. Some places, yeah. No, in, forget the the, the collective. Mm-hmm. In individuals' lives, we've turned it into rigamortis. There, you're absolutely
1: right. There are brothers and sisters who've turned who've turned. The desire to be reverent into rigor mortis and death. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean,
0: I, I have to sit there like this, right? You know, I can't. You know, and and God help I me mean, if I look this way or this way. You know that that's not. Yeah, I like it here. But the problem isn't. The problem isn't the desire
1: to be reverent, and that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that the desire to be reverent before our God is not a bad thing. No, it's, it's not. it's, it's been it's taken not. too far. Absolutely. in some
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm not going to get up there. You know, for me, I'm not going to, I'm not getting behind that microphone with a pair of shorts and a tank top on. Sure. Not going to happen. Now, do I need to wear a suit to be reverent? No. no, but I choose to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to fault you if you don't want fine, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to wear a suit and a tie on Wednesday night because it's a different dynamic. Yeah. the The worship of it is different it's more laid back it's just a it's more Bible study it's still worship yeah you know the the problem is I think I think for the most part we have a handle on it here I think for the most part most people here have a handle on it this this really
1: boils back down to these traditions that we talked about at the beginning mm-hmm. we're all gonna you're you're going to form tradition it yeah. doesn't matter what what yeah. you do because you're yeah. gonna read this book and you're gonna try to put these things into practice and when you do that you form a little bit of tradition mm-hmm. what we're required to do is take a step back and go okay well wait a minute what does the book say? What is the expectation here? For example, the expectation is that we gather on Sunday. Yeah. That's very clear. The church gathered on the day yes, that the did. Lord yes, raised. Mm-hmm. So he he came yeah. and he appeared before the apostles on Sunday. The expectation and, and is was that obvious, we gather on Sunday. And it Sunday. was
0: obvious that at least on that day, they did take the Lord's supper. That's right. Now, so, that it, But we've relegated it to only that day. Well, And, and that's not necessarily what it's saying. So we
1: know that they gathered on Sunday, Mm -hmm. but what did they do on Sunday? And how did all that work? And there's, and how do you have two songs for communion, three songs for communion? You know, all the book says is in first Corinthians is that it ought to be order. When you gather together, there ought to be an order. Mm -hmm. So, Two songs, three songs, that's really, up. That's up in the air. You know, however many songs you want to do, that's, that's really not, see what I'm saying? You've got to take a step back. The important thing is that we're gathering to encourage one mm-hmm. another. The important thing is that we're gathering to be instructed in the word of the Lord. The important thing is that we're gathering together in such a way that brings glory and honor to God. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. The rest of this stuff, Hey, man, they can change. Yeah. It's okay. And, Does but, it have to you know, be pews the, or chairs for
0: the, or, you know? For the, we got chasing some rabbits out I, there. We did, big time. But but this, for what he's, what they're saying is, you know, there was a celebration of Passover that was demanded.
1: And you know what? But this is going to prove the point. Let's, okay. This is okay. going to cap it off, yes. right? But some of them could not celebrate the Passover on the day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of a dead body. Well, if they can't take the Passover, they're cut off from the people.
0: That's what the that's what God has already told So.
1: Now they're unclean and they can't take the Passover because they're unclean. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, we've become unclean because of dead body, but why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? And so Moses looked at him and said, you unhealthy pagans, God already said something. God already laid down the law. He already told us that if you're unclean, you can't take it. I guess you just didn't try hard enough. I don't care if your mama died in your arms. It doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. The word of the Lord says this. That's what he said, right? And they're cut off from their people and he throws them out.
0: No. Wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. God already spoke though. Mm -hmm. He already commanded. Mm
1: -hmm. So why are we going back to the Lord to get another command?
0: I think you know we've talked about this before, and I don't want to I don't want to belabor it much, but I think these guys were literally trying to do God's will. Okay, and mm-hmm. and something happened in their life to, outside of their control, and and they by law they could not take the take the passover. The law and of so, God already spoke, and and so so Moses goes to them, and, but these these guys don't know their each other's hearts, only God would. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And, and that's what he's saying. He, it wasn't so much about the sacrifice, but he did require them to take of this thing. So he's going to change it up for them.
1: What I'm, what I'm saying is... I think he's going to make it more clear for them. The way we commonly use the law of Moses, the way you see people exposit it mm-hmm. and interpret it. I mean, there's a movement of Christians today that say, this is the perfect law. And until everybody comes back and starts following it, how perfect could it be? They're not even out of Sinai and God's already changing part of it. They're not even on a Sinai yet, and God's already
0: changing it. But look at what he. But look at how He changed it.
1: I understand.
0: He said. He said, fine. He said, then do it next month. Then do it next month. Yeah. Wow. But what was the hard? But He what gave them the that opportunity to do it next month because of maybe under circumstances that were not under their control. The problem: people are going to screw this up. All right, we always do. We already talked about that. But if you if you're doing God's work and you come in contact with a dead body, and you have to you have to eradicate the body out of the camp. For whatever reason or you're on a, on a on a mission that God has sent you on and you can't take it because you're not with the body and you can't take it to the Tabernacle then God says then do it next month
1: you know the the I think one of the clearest ways that that we can look at this in the new New Testament New Covenant is we, we've been talking about which is Lord's Supper mm-hmm. when do we take Lord's Supper we take it on Sunday morning I you know I take you know how many times I take it on Sunday morning? Depends on if I'm visiting.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll take
1: it multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'll take it with the body here. And then when I go visit my brothers and sisters who can't be again. here, I'll mm-hmm. take it again with them. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes in Friday night mm-hmm. or Sunday night mm-hmm. and I was
0: here, I'd take it again with them.
1: Mm-hmm. Why? Because what are we doing? We're participating
0: we, in the we, Lord's we, table we together as fellowship. We talked about that in, in the uh in our small group and we had some people that were that came, sometimes couldn't come and they and they took <laughs> and I just asked the group, I said, I said, are you do you have a problem if we take it with them you know and some did and some didn't well and this is my point do you have to take the lord's
1: supper on sunday no you don't no because paul says you got to examine the body and if we're not all together in this thing if we're not all working together for example you got one brother you got brothers and you got a brother over here and a brother over here and they ain't talked in 30 years and they're not going to talk because this one hates this one guess what you're not all on the same page and if everybody knows that, this is a fractured body. Nobody should be taking communion mm. if everybody knows it. Mm. Oh, well, that's Billy Bob. Billy Bob don't sit with Billy Joel anymore. Well, why not? Because well, Billy Bob and Billy Joel had a fallout 30 years ago, and now none of it. That's ridiculous, man. Yeah. And you all still taking communion? Mm. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. You want to talk about blasphemy before the Lord? Mm. It doesn't get much stronger than that. Yeah you see but you see the problem Mm -hmm. we've you've we've turned it into the event we have to take Mm -hmm. communion on sunday Mm -hmm. paul says if you're not right with god if you're not living the way you ought to in fellowship with all your brothers and sisters that's the way that means it doesn't mean examine myself and make sure i don't have any sin that's not what he's talking about there that ain't ever going to happen first person who says they're without sin is a liar and the truth is not in them so that's not the issue Mm -hmm. what's the issue Am I in fellowship with my brother and sister?
0: And and we have there, I know of, of one or two that don't take the Lord's supper uh, because of because of things in their life that they are that they have not gotten a handle on, and I applaud them for that. You know, I, I wish they would, and uh, and I, and we're praying for them that. Uh, and I know of other people that are working with them. I don't have to work with them because somebody else is working with one of them. But it's a misunderstanding. I think you're right, and, uh, it's, but it's but a I don't know. But I don't know. That person's heart, just like Moses didn't know these people's heart, you know, and God did. And God said, the person who says I'm not good enough
1: mm -hmm. to take communion is misunderstanding. Yes, that's true. But I
0: don't know. I don't know what's going on in that person's life on a daily basis that maybe not is lined up with God. Yeah. And we have a bigger problem here than that.
1: What I'm saying is. To bring it more in line with what Paul was talking about, then ideally, none of us would take it on Sunday, But because but one of
0: us doesn't. What What I'm saying is, is if all your worship is what people see on Sunday morning and every other time, I understand why you're not well, taking yeah, it.
1: that's that. But that, 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 yeah. but I don't
0: know yeah. a person's heart. Moses didn't know these people's hearts. He didn't know God did, and God said, "You're right. Take it next month. It'll be fine for you." But he's going to clarify too. He said. He said, and we'll have to finish it next week because we're running out of time. But I'm going to have to go. But, but, uh, you know. But it's there's a there's a point. Well, just look at it. And he said, he said, uh, uh. he said, then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites when any of you or your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or are away on a journey, they are still to celebrate the Lord's Supper, but they are to do it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat the lamb together with unleavened bread and burnt bitter herbs. They must not leave any of it till morning. And it goes on. When they celebrate the Passover, they must follow all the regulations. But... If anyone who is ceremonially unclean and not on a journey fails to celebrate the Passover, they must be cut off from their people for not re- presenting the Lord's offering at the proper time. They will bear the consequence of their sin. That is sin. The other's not, according to God. Because God knows your heart. And God, he said, if you're not on anywhere and you just choose not to take it, then that's different. sin. That's different. But
1: how often, how often as the Lord's people, do we fail to make exceptions for things where we ought oh absolutely all, yeah yeah all you time. see what i'm saying yeah, i understand the lord, yeah. the lord put in an exception for these people yeah yeah he did he changed his law he did for this people
0: yeah because
1: their motive and their heart was right
0: yeah and he says he desires mercy not not sacrifice he desires he desires a clean and pure heart that's what he's bringing with jesus a clean and pure heart we're not talking about people we're not talking
1: he, and he makes it clear you know if if someone just doesn't care then that's not okay. Yeah. But that's not what happened. No. You know, it doesn't say anywhere in here that these people came in contact with the dead body because of their job. It doesn't say that. It just mm-hmm. says they came in contact with the dead body and now they're ceremonially unclean and they can't take the Passover. But it's bothering them. It is. It's obviously bothering See, that,
0: them. But he desires he desires that that tenderness of heart. Yeah. He desires that 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 uh, sensitivity of heart. It's what he di- desires matters. Yeah.
1: But the intent also And it can turn our desire, if our intent is wrong, it can turn our desire wrong. He is
0: looking for a pure and clean heart. That's
1: what he's looking for. He told the woman at the well, the true worshippers of God will worship him in spirit and And in in truth."
0: truth. Yep. Yep. Well, it took us all the whole class to get through that little part. Well, we did get to chapter 9. But this is an important, this yeah, is a is, really important, is important section. It is important. Because it and, once and again, and we will touch on it again. It's going to come up again. In, in, it's in, going to
1: come up again. In it's going to come up again. It demonstrates the intent of the law. The yeah. whole purpose of the law was, as Paul would say, was to increase sin and make our need of Christ known. And, and, that, it, and it, it says it in Galatians that, that it,
0: it is a school teacher to bring us to Christ. That's right. That's what it's there. Let's pray, Father in heaven. Thank you so much for the power of the Word. We thank you, Father, for your love and your debt and your commitment to us. We pray, Father, your a, a, a Thanksgiving for grace and mercy, and uh, Father, we we know that we that we are uh, we we fail many times in our understanding and our application, and we pray, Father, your patience and your kindness as we as we strive to navigate and and strive to understand. And then make application in our lives father help us as we go as we move forward thank you for the opportunities and thank you especially for your son it's in his name that we pray amen amen